Morning, morning, morning. How you doing, Wenton? Pretty good. Blessed. 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 What do you mean by you blessed? <laughs> blessed as in I'm doing everything I can do um, in this world to try and make it better a little bit each day. And I've been provided with necessities, you know, family, friends, life. All of those are blessings. Okay. Good relationships. Yep. We're going to talk a little about that this morning if we get to it. I got a couple of pieces that I want to share with you, though. And then we're going to give our perspectives. <laughs> right? Did you like the inauguration? <laughs> um, I didn't watch it. Well, I mean, you've heard about it, though, right? A little bit, yeah. 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 I heard it was nice. You know, people were standing out and standing up and all that good stuff. Yeah. Pawns being said. <laughs> but, you know, I'm kind of a practical guy. I said, you know, all the pomp and splendor is cool, but, you know, the question is, is the follow through, right? Right. <laughs> it's time to work. Right. So right. Let's, let's see. I like Bernie's position. <laughs> Bernie was cool. Oh, Bernie, yeah. Bernie said, yeah, this is, this is all good, but I. I'm not throwing on the cashmere yet. I'm not right. putting on the leather gloves right. and the designer clothes. <laughs> I'm coming to work. Right. <laughs> so that's, that's the image that everybody needed to see. Yeah. Bernie said, I got my gloves on. <laughs> you know, it's cold out here. <laughs> no, I ain't, I ain't pro smiling and profiling. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a good day. It was a good day. Let me read something to you, and then I got a question for you. <laughs> okay. This is out of the CTS Challenge and Respond, Chicago Theological Seminary uh, magazine. It's a, you know, magazine for people who, you know, have some concerns about God and want to, you know, have something to say about it. <laughs> it's, it this is a statement that comes out of one of the articles. The very possibility of continuing this democratic experiment is uncertain and in danger. Unarmed black men continue to be shot by those sworn to protect them, while others self-deputize in order to murder. And as our attention is fixed on violence in the streets, domestic violence continues to rise, rendering the term shelter in place a cruel irony. Our collective mental health is fragile. What do you think about that statement? <laughs> um, it, it shines light on, you know, reality. Okay. I can't say that it's a person out there that's wondering when is the last straw going to be drawn because it's, it's been a problem. It doesn't seem like anything's been done to try and stop it. Yeah, we, we hear about all these officers in certain communities. Oh, yeah, we got a plan in place. Oh, yeah, we, we brought on this new black chief. It's going to get better. All right, well, we'll see, but overall still a systemic problem that's based within the training so you know they tripping in wicker park right in illinois right about what carjackings oh okay yeah so i want to say now, now folks been jacking cars for a long time in chicago but they haven't been jacking cars in wicker park in chicago <laughs> they haven't been jacking cars on the north side in chicago Cars have always been being jacked, right? Right. <laughs> it's been happening all the time. Right. But now it's slipping into the Gold Coast. Mm. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. Just like, you know, there was a lot, lot of drama going on the Gold Coast. And now everybody's alerted. Why do you think that is? Why do you think that people haven't heard it for a long time? You know, and then all of a sudden, because it happens in certain neighborhoods, people go crazy. Um, right? Right. I'm well, I can give you a closer example if you want me to. <laughs> go ahead. Right? When we talk about Gary, Indiana, right. we don't have the same kind of lilt in our voice, <laughs> right? As right. we talk about Valparaiso, Indiana, right? Right. What is that? That's, that's the difference in, I guess, the communal income level. So you think it's economics? Oh, yeah. At the bottom of it. It's about money. Always. Wow. Okay. Okay. So what do you say to the pundits that say that, it, oh, it's, it's racial? <laughs> um, I'm not going to say it's racial because it, you know, carjacks happen to anybody, everywhere. All the time. All the time. Say some of some of our people got money. Not all of them, but I, I you better believe once their money gets touched, they're going to be the first ones knocking on doors, calling police, protesting, saying, hey, all right, now I didn't, I didn't establish this lifestyle so I could be safe and protected, and now I'm not safe and protected. What's going on? So it's more class than race. Oh, yeah. It's about money. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's an interesting point. Do I think it's about money? Yeah. But I also think that it's it's a a bitterness there, an anger there. I think you can't keep people on the economic and social divide forever without them reacting to it. Right. Right. You're listening to WVLP 103.1 on your FM dial. This is Morning Black. And this is a provocative subject that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk a little about justice today. We're going to start off with justice. I just want to get your brain kind of moving. Who and what determines what is just, you think? Who and what? Determines what is just. <laughs> well. <laughs> I want you to think about, audience, think about that. Think about that. Who and what determines what is just? I mean, b before any man, there's God. Okay, that's okay. But you're a religious obvious. man. Right, you're right, a God right. man. So right, um, everybody ain't out there God man. So right. and then after him, after him, in my eyes, it's looking like you know Supreme Court justices. So the Supreme Court justice determines who and what is just. Typically. Now come on now. <laughs> now 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 went and you just said it was about the money. <laughs> I mean, they could they could have it about money too. So is it about the money or is it about the Supreme Court? Oh, is that too hard a question? It's kinda about both. I feel like when it comes to Supreme Courts and and the government and how they tie in politics to whatever agenda that gets them to that level of Supreme Court justice, I feel like that's all about money. Okay. Just based off what they're tying themselves to and investing in. Okay. Listen to this. Look history here. The Magna Carta, Libertatum. Uh, 
means Great Charter of Freedoms. It's commonly called the Magna Carta. It's a royal charter of rights agreed to by King John of England in Runnymede near Windsor on the 15th of June in 1215, first drafted by Archbishop, the Archbishop of Canterbury, Stephen Langton, to make peace between the unpopular king and a group of rebel barons. It promised the protection of church rights, protection for the barons, from illegal imprisonment, access to swift justice and limitations on feudal payments to the crown to be implemented through the council of 25 barons, right? So this, this, this is popularly looked at as one of the first ways in which we understood liberties and how we meted out justice, right? There are other things, you know, we could go to Hammer Rabbi's Code, we could go to Ten Commandments and all of that. Right. But Magna Carta kind of fits inside how people begin to first talk about organizing themselves to deal out laws and justice. Right? Right. So they wanted they wanted the church to have their rights. They wanted the the aristocracy to have their rights. Right? Mm-hmm. They wanted uh basically People who were, were, you know, um, dealt with in terms of laws had, had a right to due process, that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay. So I'm saying that because I'm, I, I want to ask you a question. Who and what determines what is just in this society and what is justice <laughs> from your determination? Um. Is it the laws? Is it the laws of the land that are just? I mean, come on. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Is it about that? I think so. I'm talking about society. Society, I I can't tell. You can't tell? I can't tell what society sees is, is just and what's not. Why not? Why can't, I mean, you in it. <laughs> I am in it. You don't it. know what you in. That's the point. Wow. Okay. Okay, I get that. You don't. You're not clear about what this is. I'm not sure what we've been doing. I'm not sure what's been going on. I'm not sure why people are, you know, standing idly aside while it happens continuously, because that's not justice. So you're saying people see what is just and what is injustice all the time, right? And they make determinations whether or not they're going to act on that or not. Absolutely, right? Yeah. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day. And uh, it, it, it's, this is, you know, gross alert, gross alert. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we were talking about what is just. And I, and, and I was saying one of the things that, think about dogs. You know, you got a dog? You ever had a dog? No. Or a cat? Nope. <laughs> no <laughs> domestic pets at all? No, my, my, my brother and my girlfriend have Those pets. Pets, right? Right. What if, like most of the world does, Dogs and cats were good to eat. Right? <laughs> right. How would that be determined that the norm or the abnormal if you if you set up that shop? <laughs> In this society, people would lynch you. Yeah, they freak out. They freak out. Yeah. Because they their dog is a person. 
<laughs> I asked I asked a group of kids one time. I said, "Well, how many of you all would go in the house, a burning building and save your dog?" And almost all the hands went up. <laughs> I said, "Even if the building was burning down?" They said, "Yeah." Right. I said, "What about mom and dad?" Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Sister and brother, yeah, I guess. But the dog had a certitude. Right. Now I'm not trying to be <laughs> facetious here. I'm just simply saying, in this culture. Right. Right. That's how they think. A lot of people, not everybody. A lot. But a lot of people <laughs> see their dogs as persons. Right. Which determines how they're treated. Right? Yeah. There's some people who treat their dogs and cats better than they treat human beings. Yeah. And that seems to be all right. That is the norm in our society. Is that just? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not at all. That's that's why I say there's, I guess there's justice, and then there's the bubble around justice that people jump in and out of. Okay. So I'm back to my, my initial question. Who and what determines what is just? So does power, the fact that you can care for the pet, the fact that you can live where you want to, do what you want to, does that determine what is just? Um, it seems like it in our society. And what if people, what if that's the social norm? <laughs> so you get to determine what is just individually. Then everybody making up their own justice. Could that be it? Yeah, I think that is it. Well, kind of. <laughs> so what is just is determined by what you have? Money? Resources? Yeah. You think? What does, I mean, come on, what does the God man say? Come on, those who <laughs> believe in so-called ethics or morality does God play into that in any way sometimes sometimes give me an example um. and you know it's coming back now because the curveball coming back to you so you might as well sweep <laughs> might as well hit swing away God is gonna or not is gonna he places good and righteousness and those that do right, do good over evil, choose the higher path over the lower path. That's what God does. So that, that, that gives you a right to watch what is unjust and say God going to get it in the by and by? No, that's why I said sometimes. Because <laughs> God God not going to save the world by himself. That's So then he's not God or she's not God or they not God. You know, I used all the pronouns there, y'all. Right, God, <laughs> God being the omnipresent being that He, She, it is. They're not. God's not there to control everything. They're, they're there. He's there to give out light, peace, hope. What does what does a person who believes that say when they meet an individual to say it ain't about none of that? It's about making this money and maintaining power. And serving my self-interest. 
That's what freedom is. <laughs> well, I believe a God would want to enlighten that person on the benefits of <laughs> being less selfish and greedy, the benefits of sharing instead of keeping and hoarding. But what what does that mean for the person whose car is getting jacked now? I mean, so they should think the little guy that got his Uber took last night and the lady that got, you know, pulled out of her, I think it was a Porsche, right? Right. She should say, well, it's the, the, the scales are going to balance at some point and walk away from it. No, she should probably do something about it, whether that's. I don't know, talking to the community about what the needs are or even if she's just praying for the other half and doesn't go on, you know, a vendetta or... See, this is, this, is, this is my problem. I'm having a problem here. You know, I'm having a cognitive problem here. So bear with me, bear with me, bear with me. <laughs> okay. Um, some folks want to talk about who and what determines justice and what is just, right? Right. And they watch injustices happening all the time. There's another group of people say it, it might be happening all the time, but it's not going to happen to me. Right. 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 Hence, gun culture. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Right. But can you can you justifiably hold those folks in account when, in fact, everybody is saying what is just is determined by my own self-interest? In a way you can, but it's almost like you can't hold them accountable until they become the victim. So the working man that works hard every day, he goes home, his house is broken into. He's supposed to refer that to God. Um, <laughs> yes. That's well. There's a number of steps that <laughs> I would take, if if that's my case. Obviously, going to God is going to be up there as a priority because at at that point you broken into ain't nothing you can do about it. See, here's the here's the here's the quagmire. It seems to me, in terms of not just the African American community but communities at large, individuals determine what is just based on their power their ability to function and, and have fluidity in the, in the culture, in society. Okay, right. Right? Other people who don't have the same fluidity say, well, that's not justice. So a line, a demarcation line is drawn, mm. right? Right. Then each person, wherever they find their condition, determines what is just and then starts acting on, on that. A big, big group of folk who have benefited from the injustices in society as well as people defending them right. in a justice way kind of sit in this middle ground and say, yeah, well, I believe in justice, but, you know, I still won't get paid. So can you kind of do that? Can you kind of believe in justice? Um. Apparently in society you can, but I don't think it doesn't it doesn't work that way. It can't work that way. 
then January 6th was a real day. Huh. It was. It just wasn't an aberration. Right. Oh yeah, that that was real. That all happened. Right. That was because <laughs> whether or not you agree with what was going on or not, there were some folks who were saying there's injustice going down. Right. And they were on different sides of the fence. Say complete. Right. Yeah. Where was the 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 voices that would lift God up in there? <laughs> they they weren't present. Now I heard Law and Order. I heard you know we can't lose control. I heard folks talking about the Capitol being sacred. I heard a lot of different things, but I didn't hear anybody laying down a whole lot of moral and ethical kinds of stuff. They yeah. were saying loss of control, loss of law and order, loss of this and that. Right. Right. Something to think about. Definitely. Especially when there's a whole bunch of people who are saying who and what determines what is just. Now, here's a, a third question on this, and then we're going to move on. Just, just a little <laughs> lesson here, right? Okay. Can justice be determined by the weak? Um, yes. How? <laughs> the only way that I've seen through history is through you know, a, appropriate and orderly democracy. That's one way. It doesn't always work, but that's one way. And the other way is through a martyr. That's the only time. A martyr? What <laughs> so do you mean? All these young black boys that young black boys, young black women, all these communities, well, that's, all these that's, people. That's just for the African American community. I'm talking about there's more there's more people that's weak than black folk though. I know. That's why I said sometimes. It is we only have a say in justice when somebody gets taken out from our community. And that's not everybody everywhere. So the elderly that's getting the vaccination stole from them by folk. Right, right. You, you, right. I know. I know you don't follow yeah. this kind of stuff, but no, what but I'm saying is, right. I'm saying is, there are people getting shots, and then the lady took the picture of the shot, and she said, "Well, wow." They said, "Well, your mama got to come back," and she said, "Well, why?" And they said, "Because the predetermined shots that were being used didn't have no vaccine in them, <laughs> and nobody was paying attention, right? You, you know, because everybody's nervous because they want to get the, the vaccination and stuff and things like that, right?" Then the lady gets a call, her mama, you know, they said, well, you got to bring your mama back. And so they said, she said, well, why? She said, well, we noticed that the vaccine syringes didn't have the predetermined vaccination vaccine in it. It was empty. And then the lady said she had took a picture because she just wanted to, you know, prove that her mama got it. And sure enough, the, the thing was empty. See, that's crazy. Well, like you say, it's a crazy society, right? <laughs> right. Meanwhile, there are people who are flying from Europe to Florida to get vaccinated and flying back to Europe. <laughs> right? Right. 
Meanwhile, they want everybody to get it. Right? Right. But the weak, right, they're saying, ah, well, maybe, maybe not. Right? Yeah. And the question in all of that, audience, what is just? You're listening to WVLP. (laughs) 103.1 on your FM dial. This is Morning Black. And we're looking at issues of justice, justice, justice. Now, here's my four components uh, about justice that I think we might need to look at. One is economic justice. Two is wealth transfer. Three is health and welfare disparity. And four is Voters education registration and registration. If you do those four things, then we will bring folks to a closer determination collectively is what is just. We need to look at certain things, though, in history, Magna Carta, Manifest Destiny, all these statements that say certain stuff. Like, for example, the difference between Magna Carta and Manifest Destiny is Manifest Destiny says, well, who determines what, what is just is God. And since we're God people, everybody else that's not God people are less than us. Mm. We determine based on our relationship to God. That's problematic for me, being a God person, right? Right. Because then you can designate certain people like Native Americans, like African Americans, like Catholics, like, you know, Jews. You can you can you, you start narrowing down right, you know, who gets to determine what is just. So that mu- that muddies up the water, you know. Yeah. So I, I think the best best recruiters and people who, who facilitate atheism is basically Christians, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, because any reasonable person thinks about that and says, well, <laughs> maybe this ain't for me, right. right? Now, when we look in the African-American community, these are particularly noteworthy that we look at in terms of, you know, economic justice, wealth transfer, health and welfare disparity, and voters' education. Which one of those would you say would be the number one issue to address in the African-American community of those four? The number one? Economic justice? Um, no, no, I'm, I'm thinking. Um. And, and understand now, economic justice is not wealth transfer. Right. That's that's the problem because on one end I'm thinking wealth transfer, but on the other end I'm also thinking the health and welfare disparity. Because at at one point you know there's a lot of things going on in our community. We trying to bring our ourselves up economically, which is where the wealth transfer comes in you know as far as playing into the generational wealth type of thing but then at the same time we still got people dying we still got people hungry we still got people sick we got people hungry here in america right not just you know around the world right you know one of the reasons why there's a such a push for get the kids back in school and get the the or the schools open is because of the lunches the free right. lunches right People are not aware of that, that, that sometimes the lunchroom is the only place where people get a decent meal. 
yeah. kids get a decent meal in school. You know, they determine what they eat is determined by what's being served on on the lunch in fourth period, in fifth period, sixth period, and seventh period. Lunch, both in high school and grammar school. Yeah. Right. That's real. Yeah. All right. So it's not just a matter of okay, we want you to get the education. It's the fact that there's a whole bunch of people going unfed. Yeah. Yeah. Which is unjust. Yeah. Because God gonna fix that one too, right? <laughs> With the help of His people. Okay. All right. Realize that that's a reality, though, right? Right. Now, now some people would say do the burning, right? Which is to basically say until if one suffer, all suffer, you don't get to advance until everybody advances. Hmm. Right? Right. You buy that? You don't get no new jobs. You don't get the chance to to store your wealth. You don't get a chance to save your money and stuff and things like that. To everybody in your on your block, it's better. Um, in theory, it will work. <laughs> in theory, it work, but it wouldn't be practical, huh? Not practical, just just because of how people in society are. Sometimes, but if you if you make them stop everything that they got in the works and on the road, and make them care about other people's and their own problems. So how would you do that? I mean, how, I mean, you know. You say, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> See, because the little kids that's carjacking, they think that the way that they going to get your attention, the little teenagers that are carjacking, they say, well, if I steal this Porsche, I got your attention. Right. If I steal this Mercedes, you know, even if I just joyride it for, <laughs> you know, for a couple of blocks and then crash it in a tree. Right. Got your attention. It might not stop you from having a Mercedes, but it's certainly going to put a crunch in your day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. So there's some people thinking like that. Yeah. Right. But there ought, there ought to be a better way. Should. What do you think the better way is? See, that's that's one of the big problems trying to figure out. How do you get people to care? Um, partially, I think, um, incorporating some type of incentive. What's an incentive to stop me from uh, determining myself what is just? (laughs) I guess survival, peace, less crime. That should be an incentive itself. Um, Less famine, better neighborhoods, better educations. See, that's all stru- stuff that you got to build, though, right? You, all those things don't exist in and of themselves, do they? No. <laughs> no, it's it's going to take people to do something. It's not going to happen by itself. I don't know. I mean, you know, I grew up in a in a neighborhood where people when we start talking about this issue and all these components in terms of justice, they didn't necessarily just sit idly by and say, well, you know, I hope it's going to happen. I'm going to try to do it for myself. And that's going to be that. 
they had to make deci clear decisions about what what they're going to do. For example, if I looked at you and said, "Okay, so your parents made some clear decisions, right?" Right. And they said, "I'm going to I'm going to raise my kids a certain way and I'm gonna, I want you to be this." But they had to make those decisions. They it wasn't something that just was uh intuitive. It was something that they had to fabricate in the life of that family. You talk about family values. My question is is what's going to fabricate a concern about collectively us determining what is just, right? Right. Right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> if you don't find your voice, then there is no voice. Right. For what is right. And that, that might be cool with you, right? But it's not going to be cool with you if somebody rolled down on mom and dad. Right. Right? Definitely. So what do you say to the individual that rolled down on mom and dad? <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting because, you, you know, the God in me says counsel them to see where they're at, what their issue is, what led what changes led to this and then you know attack those issues not the person but you know the inner man says you got to make this right one way or another and I'm just leave it at that <laughs> one way or another you got to make this right or justify all the all the actions and reasons for this circumstance and outcome and then let's see what you want to do with this circumstance and outcome. Because in society, at the at the end and outcome of that circumstance, it's not going to be pretty for that individual that that chooses, you know, to roll up on mom and dad. That's that's not a good situation for them in the in the end. No matter what happens, it's not a good situation. I think in our culture, people don't think about these kinds of things until it happens. I think we give justice a break. And instead of dealing with the issues of justice, we, we involve ourselves in self-interest. And I've been saying it for a while. I mean, you know, it's, it's about power, self-interest, and money. Right. Right? So you don't deal with justice. And then if, just, if a justice issue shows up on you personally, there's only a few options that you deal with. One is... You got to make this right, which kind of promos the gun culture kind of stuff and saying, <laughs> well, hey, you know, I'm going to protect mine. Right. Right. Or on the flip side, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the helping ministries and what I'm going to do is I'll spend my life trying to help people reason through right. why they're making less than positive actions and behaviors you know, right. in, in society. Right. But you're not going to get a chance to get out of it. You're going to have to make a decision. Right. Now, my question is, is how do we have a conversation between the two different ways that people are dealing with the issue of justice? Mm -hmm. And if you can't have that conversation, forget about this whole notion of I'm going to help the community. You're just playing. 
and trying to advance yourself, which is cool. Just you just need to say that, right? Right. But you can't act like you want the community to be just. What do you think? Is that is that too <laughs> outlier? Um, it's not too outlier. I'm I'm naive. I'm I'm naive, and I'm um, what's it called? Optimistic that with with ample communication, you know, translation, incorporation of other people into the different walks of lives. You know, because one one side has and one side has not. That's the basis of it. You know, Dr. King said he was maladjusted. He said he wasn't right in his head. Were you aware of that? I do believe I heard him say it, but I didn't. Yeah, he says I'm maladjusted. He said because I don't think society needs to go any further until we address these issues. And he says I know that's out of sync with where people are and what people want to do. But it's so important to him, it was so important to him, right. that he said, I'm going to put mine on hold to deal with the collective. Right. Right? A little Martin Luther King Day stuff, folks, <laughs> you know, right? Since we missed, we missed the whole birthday this time. Right. Right? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm maladjusted. Until some very important people put theirs on hold and look at the issues that are dealing with the entire community, right? Right. Then there's going to be an issue. Let, let, me, let me give you an example. You can't make Valparaiso better if you're not going to make Yogi Berra Trailer Park better. <laughs> You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. Right? You see that? You see where I'm at with that? Yeah. See, if we're not, if we're not as concerned about affordable housing for the people who are, are living in trailers this winter who don't have enough propane. Right. Then, then making the, the East Apartment condominiums is not going to work. <laughs> Some people would say. Other people would say, the people who live in, in Yogi Bear Trailer Park are, are making decisions, and the people who are living in condominiums are making decisions. Let people make decisions as they may. Hmm. Do you think that our communities can get better with some people saying they're going to be divided in terms of their interest? And the people who are suffering in their interests. In other words, let me let me see if I can say it better. Uh, can can we talk about our development without looking at the poor people in our communities and how they are missing or being dealt with in terms of economic justice, wealth transfer, health and welfare disparity, and voters voters education? No, we can't. There's there's no way that we could grow while there's still, you know, all those things going on in the community. Um, because at some level or another, the, the issues that we're dealing with are the same issues that those poor people are dealing with. So it's not, 
it's never always been about us. It's it's been about you know justice overall. That's <laughs> why you know I feel like so many people get caught up on black and white racial, you know, bipartisan issues. It's never been about that. It's literally just been about justice overall. So if you're talking about justice overall, attacking the the systems in place that encourage these inequities, that I think that's what's going. So. Racism is just a deeper, I mean, it's just a residue of a deeper issue. Yes. In terms of this society. Yes. It's one of the fallouts. Right. It's kind of like, you know, you know, when you get sick, you lose your hair, that kind of stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of I agree with that. I kind of agree with that. Um, however, I think racism exacerbates the issue of injustice. Okay. Okay. It, yeah. it makes it makes it worse. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you will. Harder to swallow. Harder to swallow. But you know the reason why black people got here in the first place was because we were trying to make some money. Right. You know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Right. That's a society. Let me let me get let me try to bring it home because you know we're looking out of time. Our time is you know kind of wasting away here. But I I, I want to bring it home. You know, we, we were having a conversation the other day about solar panels. Right. And how we can bring solar panel technology and energy into building and construction. Right? Right. And how that, how would that be for people in the community to have homes that, you know, had this solar technology? And how can we introduce this solar technology into a resistant community? And um, how can we provide you know, important examples to the, the use of this energy and open up the marketplace for uh, minority entrepreneurs and other individuals who would participate. Now, my question, this, this is my concern about that, that conversation that we were having. <laughs> yeah. The conversation, <laughs> it, was, it was too small, right? Okay. And then when I raised when I raised the issue, I said, "Well, somebody needs to be talking to some heads of state, some heads of institutions, somebody that's you know right. has some power to do some things with this." Right. You know, everybody like, "Oh well, well, well." well. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. did, did you notice that? Yeah. And then we went to well, if we had some examples, and then my question always is with these kinds of issues. It's how many people suffer until you get the right examples. Right. Right? Right. But what I noticed is all the people who have power or who have benefited from power have a tendency to resist any kind of radical transformation. Hmm. In other words... When it comes to, if I ask this person this question, they might not want to answer it and instead say, well, I'm going to fire, <laughs> fire you instead. <laughs> right? Right. People back off of that. Why do you think that is? Why do we, when we know stuff is wrong and unjust in communities, with individuals, collectively, we always hesitate and doing the right thing and making that which is 
unjust just. Part of me feel like that's just, <laughs> and it's 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 the grossest thing I've said in a while. I feel like that's an embedded belief system within America that if we do something right, we do something just to counteract all the negativity that's around that issue, that it will fail. That's the inherent belief that we have, that it, that it won't do anything, that it'll just be, and it comes back to that, it'll be a waste of money. Yeah, but all these things that we've got down through the, the ages, right. along to the day, even the little girl, the little black girl telling, you know, giving us the poem and everybody said, oh, she's so nice. She's so nice. Look at that. She's doing the poem and stuff like that. Say, yeah, but did you hear what the hell she was saying? Right. <laughs> right. Because forget her. Just look at the words. Right. Right. And are we operating inside those words? But I, I ain't going to go there. <laughs> but we got the Magna Carta. We got the, you know, we got all this good stuff. We got Magna Carta. We got the Constitution of the United States. We got the manifest that you know got all these things you know some of them good some of them not so good because you know some of those things basically separated people right and made other people more valuable than the people that they were talk, talking about ruling over so we got to be careful with that kind of stuff right. but you got all these kinds of examples of models of where people are trying to to do what is just and then we skim past that right and we do what's expedient yeah <laughs> What's up with that? I mean, I said in an environmental technology symposium at the university. Oh, you said that? No, I, I didn't set that up. I, oh, okay. I, I, I was a part of it. Right, right. And they was talking about catching people using what? Those cups? The, the you know, the plastic cups? Oh yeah. Don't don't use the styrofoam cups and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> and you know, I kind of go off. I say, well, yeah, I I could spend my day running around slapping styrofoam cups out of people's hands and saying, don't use that. You you know, reuse a glass. But right. that's not the issue. <laughs> I right. mean, you know, the styrofoam cups are not the issue. The issue is is that there's no environmental technology policy that says that we ought to be green. Right. Right. Right, and then giving young brothers and sisters who who want to start their businesses in terms of construction or you know a, a, you know green transformation, give them opportunities to provide goods and services so that they could be hired to turn the the university green. Right, right. right. They looked at that like that was like I was I had two heads. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's crazy. So opportunity with abandoned buildings, opportunity with, you know, as, as opposed to saying, oh, look at Garrett. You know, they got all these abandoned. I said, well, okay, so let, turn them into some solar fields then. Right. And connect and, and knock all the houses down, put the panels up, and plug the panels in to the houses that do exist there. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Right. Right? But they don't have the will to do that. No. Right. It's almost like they only want to do what's, like you said, what's most efficient, what's quickest and easiest. And what pays the most money to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so is it about power, self-interest, and money or not? Absolutely. The I guess the thing that I always get hung up on, I'm, I'm always talking about incentives. 
We got to pay people to start being good. And that's you have to pay people to be good. <laughs> that's the only way. That you're I gonna see. have to take cash. Will that work? If I've never been good before, and you pay me to be good, you better keep it coming, right? Right. <laughs> if you're paying me to be good. Yeah, that's the only way it's going to work. I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah. You think that that's going to work? How does that fit inside the, the moral ethic, the God-man <laughs> ethic? That you're paying people to be good. <laughs> it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> so what you talking? So what you talking about then? I'm talking about dealing with people where they are. Yeah, but you can't deal with them, and they not, and it's not right, right? It's like it's like putting a lottery out for a billion dollars, right? And knowing that the majority of the people are not gonna have got an infinite, you know, an infinite possibility of not winning. But you know, if if you you got a, a lottery for a billion dollars, <laughs> and you got fifty billion people trying to you know win it, right? You still making money. Yeah, it's all in the culture. You think? So does the culture so. have to change? Yeah, that's <laughs> see that's I that's the only way I see things changing, and I I don't say that the culture is completely skewed one way for each and every individual. Um, obviously, there are more others out there tr- trying and willing to do more, give more, um, but that's that's not the majority. You know, we, we pay farmers not to grow food. We I mean, we, we pay farmers more money in insurance for them to throw their food away than to share their food. <laughs> See, you wear that? I think I know it was necessary. I I haven't heard it put like that, but oh, I know yeah. I, we have. Uh, oh yeah, paid we do that. Farmers to not you, grow. Food. that stuff under because I mean you know think about it now. If I go to market, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna lose everything. Right. If I say the tr- the crop didn't hit, at least my insurance will pay me a better dividend. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So plow plow that puppy under. Right. <laughs> See, that shouldn't be happening. Well, you would think that people would say, well, you know, it's food is food. And, you know, so let's just give it away. All right. Let's do something with it that will actually help. Now I'm not saying all farmers do this. I'm, I'm saying but a lot of the large farmers, the ones, you know, we're talking about. And, when I, you know, I have a, a difficulty even understanding what it means to farm 2,000 acres or 3,000 acres. That's a lot of land. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, that's a lot of potatoes or whatever it is that you're growing. Right. But a lot of times the way we treat the farmer is is that we say it's it's market forces, you know, supply and demand and stuff. Right. And so oftentimes they have to throw throw their crops away because they just can't get, you know, the crop to bear the market price. Right. Right. Now I know we kinda flying off the field and stuff and things like that, but I'm talking about issues of injustice that we see you know, permeating society every day. And the question becomes is, can we continue to hold a middle ground when it comes to injustices in society? Oh, no. You know, and particularly who who bears the brunt of that? I think who bears the brunt of that are, are the people who are most vulnerable, the folk who have to work, 
the essential workers, yeah. the people who, you know, whether or not they got a COVID shot or not, they got to come up and they got to clean the operation room. They got to clean, right. you know, they got to do what they got to do. Yeah. And I think there's a whole bunch of us who skate between what is just and what is unjust simply because it, it pays well. Hmm. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, definitely. And until our hearts change, nothing's going to change. Right? Right. See, so who's going to have to meet that middle ground between those two groups of people that we talked about earlier? are going to have to be people like yourself and myself and other folks. Because if we don't do it, there's no incentive for a rich person to stop being rich. Yeah. I mean, that, <laughs> why would right. you do that? Right. Right. I mean, you know, that doesn't make sense. If if you can get what you need to get, why, you know, why should you worry about whether or not other people are getting what they need? What's the incentive for that? <laughs> you know. Yeah. So we're talking about justice in society. We're talking about justice, justice in America, justice in the African-American community. Right. Right. Uh, before before we can change justice in law enforcement, justice in you know, in the government, justice in uh, health care. The question is, is, you know, how much are we willing to, you know, contribute? What do you think the outcome is going to be, Wenton? Speak up on that. <laughs> you know, what do you think the outcome is going to be? What, what, are, what are your church folk going to do? What are your, your, your religious folks going to do? Is there going to have to be a transformation of that community, you think? Yeah, of of all communities, because in every community there's there's the key interest, the key interest that's going to take you know the key leaders, the leaders of those that community to the highest highs, and typically take the lows to the lowest lows. So no matter what the community, you say a lot of church folks think about helping the community, raising up their church, making sure they got funds. All right, well. It's not going to have to be about bringing up the church. It's going to have to be about bringing up the community and everything surrounding the community. It's, it's going to have to change from how are we going to get better to how can we can make how can we make the world better? Yeah, that's a different church, is it not? It shouldn't be. It's it's not. Well, yeah, it is a different church. Right, you ain't gonna do that after Corona and folks <laughs> show up. I mean, you know, right, right. Because a lot of folks in the churches now are saying, "Well, you know, we haven't met for a while, so we ain't got them ties, and you know, them offerings ain't came in in a while." Right. But you're gonna have to have a different incentive to bring you together to address them kind of concerns, right? Right. It takes a little heart to go into communities that are bereft of justice, and then set up a flag and say, "Okay, we're gonna make this situation just." Right. Right. It's, it, that's more than a conversation. Yeah. Is what I'm I'm, I'm trying to. Right. Uh, much more. You know, uh, that's going to take some sacrifices that we might normally not been able to give give way. Right. 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 But it has to happen, you say. Has to. Absolutely. Do your parents know that? <laughs> yep. What do your parents say about that? Uh, my parents say um, 
trust in the system. Pray to God. Do what you can in your day-to-day to, you know, lead actions towards a better life for other people and yourself. So it's an individual thing for them? Um, it's a both. It has been individual for most of their lives because until they got a family, they was just trying to survive just like everybody else. But then when they brought themselves together as a family, you know, you start thinking about the bigger picture. We, we moved to Gary, Indiana. Not not that we grew up, not that they grew up there, not that they're from there. We moved to Gary, Indiana with the ambitions to lift up this neighborhood. Did so not. That, that, that was their intention? <laughs> that was their intention. Okay. Are they doing it? Um, Not quite. I mean, we, we keep our our block up to, to a certain standard, but us, it's still a lot of people out there living individualistic lives worried about self-interest and things that affect them not the whole so do you think that that's a, a do you think that's something that people are, are just not well thinking like that or do you think that that's a, just a social trend that people are, are connected to yeah I think it's a social trend that they're connected to that's that's why you know we keep going back to that being the main problem if if the socioeconomic scene was was vastly different, had a different outlook, not all right, keep everybody in their cast, and if you step up, cool, I'm gonna step on his head. No, it needs to be more of a a linked chain to the point where we're pulling each other up continuously. And when we don't pull each other up, what does it look like? <laughs> America. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it looks like America Capitalistic Selfish And despair Well these have been important conversations That we've had about justice <laughs> Started out broad But ended up very narrow That's how we wanted to do Yeah. But I think it's important for us to look at Who and what Determines justice What is justice for each of us and can justice be determined by those without power, without influence? And what does it take to organize those individuals? Till next time, folks. Morning Black. Have a good day.